Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Happy New Year. Oh my gosh, can you believe 2020? I don't know what you guys were doing to ring in the new year, but I hope that you feel filled with possibility. And I hope that this is the most magical decade for you, just overflowing with the sweetest surprises and such big blessings. I thought maybe it would inspire you to know where I was 10 years ago. You know, we just finished a decade and I was thinking about, so what did my life look like New Year's Eve going into 2010? 10 years ago, I had never heard of a podcast. I never thought I would write a book. We had just gotten married a few days earlier, so no kids yet. And we were renting a small little apartment and I was I was feeling really frustrated and unclear about what my career path was going to be. I had licensed a few songs to TV and film, but I wasn't making more than let's say $50,000 from music and I felt I knew there was like a bigger mission for me. I had just spent two years working with the Jim Henson company on a pilot, but every network wound up rejecting it. I was soon told I would not be able to have children, which sent me down a huge fertility journey. And thank God eventually led me to many rounds of fertility and then my three kids. I wrote more songs and I started to hone my networking skills. My music started to take off and my songs were everywhere from McDonald's and Kellogg's ads to Netflix theme songs. And it led me to helping other songwriters. I then started an agency and then I started an online course called Six Figure Songwriting. There I met amazing artists and I was so amazed by their heart and their hustle. And I started to see them finding success And one of them said I should start a podcast. And so I started a podcast. And then of course, I wrote the book. The podcast now has over 10 million downloads and the book is still a number one new release on Amazon. We wound up buying our dream home a couple of years ago where I've now hosted retreats and so many celebrations. I figured out over the last few years how to make seven figures doing the things that make me feel such a sense of purpose. I get to meet people I've admired for decades on a daily basis now through this podcast, which is such a dream in and of itself. As a result of my success, my husband was able to leave his job and start writing comedy full-time, which was always his passion, and I had no clue how this would happen or what the right steps were. And had you told me that this is what I would be doing, I wouldn't have even understood most of what you were saying. It shows you how much is possible when you take one shaky step after another. I had to learn to raise my standards and had to learn to give myself permission to do things. I had to embrace being terrified and keep showing up. And the inner work was really the roughest and it's constant that work, but it led me to all of you. And now I'm here to light a path forward for you because you deserve it all. There is room for you. I promise you just as you are, there is room for your magic. So I want to wish you all such a happy new year. Here's to a spectacular, beautiful decade. I mentioned to you on Monday, I'm doing a free five-day challenge on how to find your life's work. We're calling it the 2020 Vision Challenge to help you find your life's work so you can serve through your passion and your genius and get paid to do it. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up. It's going to be super epic. I'll be showing up every single day at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in our Facebook group. So I will be leading you an hour every single day through a lot of exercises and tools to help you really get clear on what it is that you're supposed to do and how you can serve the world and get paid to do it. Okay. 
So today's conversation is going to really light a fire under you for the new year. We have the awesome Jasmine Starr back on the show. She's an entrepreneur, a mentor. She's one of the top wedding photographers in the world. She's also the host of the podcast, The Jasmine Starr Show, and she's the creator of Social Curator, which is a super valuable resource that you're going to hear more about. And Jasmine has such an incredible gift of speaking. It is nearly impossible not to be moved by what she has to say. We first had her on the podcast back in 2017 to talk about her amazing story and Instagram strategies. You should definitely listen to that episode if you haven't already because she is the Instagram queen and she gave lots of real tactical tips the last time she was here about growing your Instagram, growing your following that way. But today I wanted to talk to her about how we can rediscover really dreaming this year and how we can make sure to show up for ourselves and take action. So let's get into it. Without further ado, please welcome the one and only Jasmine Starr. Jasmine Starr, I'm so excited that you're back. Kathy, I am so excited to be here. It feels like I'm going back to like summer camp. I get to hang out with all my friends again. Oh my God. <laughs> I love Jasmine so much. For those of you who've been listening to my podcast, we, we had Jasmine here in the early days and only a handful of people have actually come on back, but it was just something I really wanted to do to have you back. So why don't you just give us a little bit of the backstory for people who maybe haven't heard that episode, just to let people know sort of like, a little bit about your story and how you got to be the incredible business strategist expert that you are. Thank you, Kathy. And for anybody who's listening, it would behoove this conversation to listen to that other conversation yeah. because we led in with the thing that most people ask me about, and that's Jasmine. I really want to use Instagram to grow. And what that conversation led to was tactical and practical steps to growing your Instagram, which was great. But what we got to the precipice of was in order to make all of those other things work, you have to come right. You have to come correct. You have to get your mind and your heart, your soul in the vehicle of change, in the vehicle of, I believe that this is actually possible. And that's what leads us right now at this door. The thing is, you guys, I, for those of you who didn't hear that episode, the one thing I wanted to highlight is that Jasmine was literally where you are right now. She comes from a really hardworking family. Her parents are both immigrants. She put herself through school and got into UCLA, which is not easy. And she was doing so well and getting the grades and all the things. And her mom was diagnosed um, with brain cancer. And Jasmine went through like a huge quarter life crisis and was asking herself like, I'm on this track to go back to UCLA to go to law school. And my mom, who's the most important person in my world is dealing with this terrifying diagnosis. And she started asking herself like, what really matters to me? And you guys, she told that whole story on the first episode, but essentially she didn't go to law school, even though she got in, she decided to pick up her camera and start taking pictures. And she wanted to make memories for people and just be, be a part of the things that make people feel that are the most valuable. And thank God, actually, through a really serious battle, her mom actually won the fight and she's still here. What a gift. And it was really a Herculean feat. But what's also amazing is that Jasmine took that camera, wound up becoming one of the world's greatest photographers. And then from there had another door open to her, which was, I want to help other people grow their own business and find their own voice through being able to tell these kinds of stories. And she's grown an empire by loving each person. She comes across one soul at a time and being so genuine and so hardworking. So that's how she didn't keep her day job. That's how she didn't stay in this box that she really didn't feel she fit in. And I want you guys to go back and hear the story. And so she's known as being an expert in many ways. And one of the things that she just referred to is she's very much known as being an Instagram expert. And we did talk about that in depth. And she gives really tactical advice on how to amplify your Instagram presence. But because she's such a rock star, and I think of her as like such an incredible teacher and minister and friend, she's really gone on to help people people strategize the bigger picture. And so today I wanted her to talk to us a lot about this new year. I want to talk about setting goals because boy, have you been able to do that? Mm. Okay. So a few weeks ago I had the opportunity to get together with my very best friends from high school. And we start talking about 2020 plans and we're just kind of riffing. We're throwing out ideas. And then my sister, my, I have a twin sister and she brings in her laptop and she's just typing notes. And a person at the table got up, went to the kitchen and started washing dishes. And it was such like a, a, like a, a shift in like yeah. energy. And yeah. so what we realized was that there was like a, a table of nine of us and two of the nine 
verbally expressed how difficult it was for them to even imagine where they could be at the end of the year. And I took for granted what it actually means to vocalize your dream. And so the conversation needs to start here in 2020. Are you willing to stand alone? Are you willing to do things that other people are not willing to do? And are you willing to give yourself the ability to dream without being attached to the outcome? My mentor, James Wedmore says, success isn't the end result. Success is the decisions that we made and the behaviors that we embodied to get where we are. So as we enter this into this conversation, are you going to be willing to stand alone? Are you willing to do it differently? Are you willing to dare yourself to dream? And are you willing to be unattached to the outcome? Because oftentimes if we behave as if success is a foregone conclusion, we are not disappointed if it didn't exactly turn out the way that we had hoped. Because we could say, I did everything I could. If you do everything you could and the results wasn't what you wanted, great, boo-boo, start again next year. Here we go. We're going to learn from what didn't work and we're going to double down on what did. It's so beautiful. You really just got to the heart of so much of this and I want to like... I want to sort of pull those things out and tease it apart. When Todd Herman was here, he was talking about Dr. Martin Luther King and how the speech, the infamous speech, every single second of it was memorized. And he got up to give the speech and he said, I have a dream. And he said it again, I have a dream. And the tears just started to come. And no one remembers anything else that he said. Mm. And Todd Herman said he hadn't rehearsed that. But in that moment, that is what he had to say. And I refer back to that story because having the courage to say that you do have a dream takes so much bravery because you are vulnerable now. You're not saying, oh, cool, whatever. It's not whatever. And I think that so many people have been through so much heartbreak. There's so much that happens to us and we say, oh, I have a good strategy. I won't want anything. Because if I don't want it, I'll never get hurt. So tell us, how can we step back into that place of being willing to dream, even though we've gotten our heart broken? I think that there's this beautiful approach to a one-year dream. On the inside of Social Curator, my team and I, we call them champagne moments. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to dream. That's okay. Let's start with champagne moments. Like get, get a stack of sticky notes no pressure, and just write things that you would love to happen in the year. Anything. You would like to wake up 30 minutes early. You would like to lose three and a half pounds. You would like to have your mission statement. You would like to start a podcast. Just brain dump. Give yourself 10 minutes to write down all these champagne moments. Keep these on a wall. Keep them on a mirror. Keep them somewhere where you could see them. And all of a sudden, you're seeing your champagne moment come to life because your actions map your aspirations. So we're not even talking about a mission statement, a lifelong plan. We're talking about right. champagne moments. So once you have... Now, if you can commit to champagne moments, and then you say, okay, let me prioritize what are are these things going to be? What do I want the most? And perhaps for you, what do you want the most is getting a website done. Okay. What do you, what are you then going to do? Oh, maybe perhaps it is showing up on social media five times a week. Great. Then once you start getting your website, once you start showing up five times a week, then you have these champagne moments to celebrate the steps that you're taking towards your dream. And I always reverse engineer at the end of 2019, I will write a letter to myself on December 31st, 2020. And that letter is everything that happened, but I write it in past tense. Dear Jasmine, congratulations. Did you imagine, and I'm just going to say this here on the podcast, Ooh, a little, little lump in my throat here. I wrote in there, congratulations on having a successful adoption. And at the time of, of this recording, that hasn't happened. But the letter I'm writing to myself is congratulations, because I need to make sure that my husband and I are doing everything we can to put ourselves in alignment for the child that God has for us. So I write all of these things. And here's the thing. I cannot control the adoption process. I cannot control the baby that will be in our arms. But I'm saying it in full faith because our actions will map our aspirations. But I do the same thing for the business. Congratulations. You hired three new team members. This is the culture on the team. You hit this goal. You are on this this podcast, you're on the cover of this magazine, you spoke on this stage. I write all of this without being attached to the outcome. I will behave, I will map, and I will work towards those goals. And if I did everything I wanted to, the best of my ability, and it didn't work out, that's okay. I showed up. And it's in the process of showing up that I can look back and say, job well done, regardless of the outcome. It's amazing. Yeah. And, um, 
oh my gosh, were you meant to be a mother? Like, wow, you have so much to give. And I know if God made you, he definitely made a child or two that is going to be able to just be so blessed to receive all of that. I have no doubt. Um, also, I love that idea of writing a letter and looking back and saying, that then sets me up for like a reminder of like what I want to create. It's so beautiful. We can all do that. But I think what comes up for people is, oh, well, Jasmine, it's so easy for you to show up five times a week on social media. It's so easy for you to speak on the stage. You're Jasmine. You have a natural born ability. You're stunning. You're smart. You're, you're made for this. Like, you know how hard it is for me to come up with one caption. I don't take good photos. People get so in their own way And then they feel so defeated and they feel like an imposter and they feel stupid. And then they feel like I'm not good enough. So often people think that they will do it when confidence comes, but confidence only comes when you do it. Nobody's looking at me and looking back at 2006 and 2007 when nobody was paying attention. Nobody is looking and having a conversation at 2014 when I was desperately trying to use social media and doing a very poor job at it. We all start at the same dang place. Some of us choose to sit there and complain about it and never move past it. That's just it. And back when I first started saying like, I have a message to share and I want to get it out into the world. I didn't have the capacity. I was literally driving to San Diego two and a half hours to speak in a hotel ballroom of six people who showed up on a Tuesday night. And I did that for free. And now what people have is you want to speak, turn on your phone. I don't care if you have a hundred followers. I don't care if you have a thousand or a hundred thousand. If you turn on your phone and you go live, if you turn on your laptop and you go live, there are people, one, 10, 20 people who will watch the thing you have to say. You want to speak? Speak. You want to learn how to cook? Cook. Just do the action to move you forward. And now that you know it could be as simple as champagne moments, it could be as simple as spending 10 minutes to write yourself an end of the year message. What then does it look like from a practical perspective? And I believe the easiest way, the most digestible, is to break your year into quarters. Every Mm. 90 days, you are going to have a project. And I don't care what that project is. I don't care if the project is get up and uh, go to the gym every day. I don't care if the project is to build your website. I don't care if the project is to build a sizzle reel because you want to speak more. Whatever that project is, what you're going to do in January is you're going to say in quarter one, in the first 90 days, I am going to do this. And come hell or high water, what can you do? What behaviors can you change to modify to get to your end goal? You take the little that you have and you map your actions to your aspirations. That's amazing. And I just wanted to link it to what you said before. James Wedmore was just here about a month ago. And you said before, like my mentor, and you've been doing this. How important is it? How much did it change your life to have a mentor like James, to be in someone else's mastermind, to have that accountability? Profoundly, when I came into conjunction with other people who were doing the thing that I wanted to do, my life changed. Now, I'm Mm. not saying that people should sign up for a $100,000 mastermind. Not at all. In fact, I had no money when I started. I literally had negative money when I started. But I paired up with three other people who were trying to build businesses at the same time in the same way. And a collective force of four, we would meet every other month. We would go to the Cheesecake Factory. Mm, So sweet. And we would share salads and sandwiches. And we would just say, what do you do in your business? What do you do in your business? We would get together. We would ask each other questions. I love this. And we started referring work back to each other. All of our business arising tide raises ships. We collectively raised ships. And then all of a sudden, when my business started taking off, I finally had a little bit of money to start investing in online courses. I never heard the word mastermind until 2016. And I listened to a podcast, no less. And they're like, you should have a mastermind. So I Googled the word mastermind, still not coming up anything. I come across this random guy named James Wedmore, who I know nothing about. I watched- No way. That's yes. how you found him? Yes. Yes. Oh yes. That's what I'm telling you. The internet is a wonderful place. So I come across this random guy. I've never sat on a webinar, which is an online class, never mm-hmm. in my life, didn't mm-hmm. know they existed. Mm-hmm. And so we go on and he's just like, Hey, type in where you're from. And I'm like, Jasmine Star, Newport Beach. And he says, Hey, Jasmine from Newport Beach. I'm in Laguna. And I turned to my husband, we're in the kitchen making dinner together. And I was like, oh, He knows I'm here. Like, it was <laughs> I swear. So he goes to this class and he talks about the importance of a mastermind and how you should really need one. So finally, he gets to the end of the pitch and he's like, and this is his first year of doing a mastermind. He says, oh, to join this mastermind, fill out an application and it'll be $25,000. And I was like, oh, I got my laptop. I slapped it shut. I was like, get behind me, Satan. This guy is selling snake oil. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. 
okay. And so we're cleaning up dishes and it's silent. And my husband knows like I'm in my head and he's just like, you're thinking about it, aren't you? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, I don't even have an online business, like a digital business. I've never launched anything. I'm like, he won't accept me. And my husband's like, if you apply, he's going to accept you. I was like, no, he's not. I was like, let me just apply. But to fill out the application, you had to submit a thousand dollars. And I was just like, this is crazy. And I was like, if, 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 and my husband's just like, you're going to get in, you need to make the decision. And the way that I made the decision was if I went through this program, could I find a revenue stream by doing something different that yielded $25,000? Could I do that? And I believed the answer was yes. So I went in open-handed into something I had never been in. I was completely overwhelmed. The very first meeting, I texted my husband after the first day and I said, what did I get myself into? I just wasted this money. I don't understand what anybody's talking about. I was quiet, so quiet that James pulled me aside on day two and he said, is everything okay? And I was just like, I just don't know what anybody is saying here. Oh my God. And he's just like, just stick with it. And at the end of 2016, if you, and I, and I don't say this at all to talk about numbers, but like, I want to be transparent and say that the investment paid off because we ended up that year bringing in an extra $350,000. I am amazed. And that was only four and a half years ago. I'm yeah. dying. The reason I, I brought that up and asked Jasmine if having a mentor and being in courses and having masterminds has helped her is because I know what it's done for my life. And also because when we had James Clear on the podcast, he said, Kathy, you know, I wrote that book about all the things that you can do to change your life. And he goes, since writing that book, if I had to write the book about one thing and one thing only, I would say it's who you spend time with because who you surround yourself with will determine what happens in your life, the actions you take and the results of your life, it is determined by the people you spend time with. Start with your friends at the Cheesecake Factory, just hang out with each other. But then, oh my gosh, success leaves clues. Imagine if you're then working with someone who's keeping you accountable to that 90-day plan and then giving you some like, here's how you're working hard and spinning your wheels. You could work smarter and do this. Like that can save you the exhaustion and the time. Now I want Jasmine to go. She keeps bringing this up and it's so important. Tell us what it means to set yourself apart and to stand alone. It means you have to look at what the industry is currently doing and then do something different. When I decided to become a photographer, I didn't have a camera. And at the time, remember, this is like 2007. This is when we're changing from film to digital photography. I thought that digital photography was going to be the future. So that I decided to get a digital camera. Now I looked around at everybody in the industry. They had very old and like stodgy websites that were all black and they had scripty writing. Everybody has like very like posed kisses and very formal family portraits. And they were talking about the albums that they have, the cars that they drove, the venues they're at. And I realized, one, I have a camera. I don't have a lens and I don't have memory cards. I was renting everything on a need-only basis because I didn't have any money. I did, however, start this crazy thing called a blog. And I was writing on a blog and other photographers were saying, what does a blog have to do anything with being a photographer? Number one, a blog was free and it acted as a website. And I realized that if I can get people to like me, more than the work that I produced, I stood a fighting chance. And lo and behold, the very first year of my business, I ended up booking 40 weddings. And in the wedding world, this is like totally crazy. People are like, how, are, how is your business exploding? And I'm like, I get people to like me as much as they like my work as opposed, because I can't compete with your camera. I can't compete with your computer or your presets, but I, you can't compete with me on me. And that became a game changer. When we got into like the digital world, when we started creating courses, I don't create courses anymore because I felt like it was a great mechanism to get me where I want to go. But I realized, hey, I'm not serving people to the highest level that I know that I can. And so while it's so tempting to create the courses and launch them in a very specific way, I felt like this is great. It's not for me. What then must I do? And that was to create something that I hadn't seen before. And that is to create resources for small business owners to show up on social media, get continuous coaching, get master classes, get accountability and get support. And I was like, so this good. is like the thing I want to do. And I don't really see it done in the marketplace. So this is the thing I want to do. So you look around and say, where is the gap? And can I stick myself in that? And here's the thing. It was 
only until I worked through a lot of not so great ideas that I ended up on an idea that I really, really, really love. And so Social Curator came this idea of what would it look like to create micro pieces of marketing content for business owners. So I go in and I do coaching, how to show up for your business. And then every month we have a marketing plan. This is what you have to do this month to market your business. And then people said, but Jasmine, I don't have something to post. Jasmine, I don't know what captions to say. And Jasmine, I feel really alone. So what we decided to do is every month we give a lifestyle photography library of 30 images at minimum that business owners, when they're in a pickle, like, hey, grab this photo, customize it, add text. We have Instagram story templates that you can go through and modify. We have caption templates where you can talk about your business without having to reinvent the wheel. All we are basically doing is like show up until you blow (sighs) up and we give you all of the resources to do it. And you will have me. And here's the, on the inside of the group, we have what we call momentum boosters. You find people in the group and say, this is what I'm doing to take action this month. Because so often when it comes to courses is like you were doing it alone. And you weren't having people keep you accountable. So for those people who don't have a cheesecake factory in middle America where you are, get online and this will become your proverbial cheesecake factory. This is where you become other people to find, to networking opportunities, to apply what you're learning in marketing. This is just like, hey, I can't do this alone. I'm going to do it together. And then we get to show what small changes, how micro changes have macro results. It's so brilliant. You guys, you hear what she's saying. Like she's a genius at that. This is her, this is what she knows how to do. So she's helping you drag and drop every month. Like you can use this and you can now post this in your stories, which gives your whole profile just such an uplift, right? It's just so beautiful. It creates all of this warmth and messaging and branding. And then she's helping coach you on like specifically what would be helpful for you to do and to say, and you get that accountability, which is everything. So when you see people having breakthroughs, what's consistent that they're breaking through? What are the people who are having success doing? Oh, okay. So it's, I would say it's secondary and tertiary, right? So initially when people come in, the primary benefit is, oh, I now have a tool to help me show up. That's like the initial like dopamine hit. Secondary is Jasmine, I came into social curator because I wanted to get more followers. And we have to go through a whole brainwashing system that it's not just about followers. It's the followers who have the propensity to become customers because I am less con- I'm less concerned with you being popular as I am you becoming profitable. I have seen people with hundreds of thousands, millions of followers who cannot make $1,000 in a month because they don't have customers. They just have voyeurs looking into their life. And I have seen business owners with three to 400 followers who are bringing in six figures. Me too. I'm so glad you're saying that. It's not about more followers. It's about the depth of that relationship. Absolutely. Tell us what the difference is there. And then how do we create that kind of intimacy and that, that kind of connection with who's listening and who's there so that this person actually becomes someone who is a client, who buys from us, who we can serve. Tell us the difference there. Okay. So we're going to put a pin in this because we talked about primary. Oh, I have a solution. I have a tool. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to come back to it. And we're going to come back to tertiary. So this is the foundational piece is you must know specifically without a shadow of a doubt who you are targeting, who you are Mm. talking to and who you are marketing to. And you have to understand that the more content that you produce that is for that specific person, you have a much higher likelihood of attracting potential customers as opposed to people who just want to look at your life. Right. Now, unless you are here trying to be a professional influencer or a lifestyle blogger, and yet even then, yet even then, if you can't have people buy anything from your affiliate link, all you have is a very expensive hobby. You don't have a business. Yeah. And so when we talk about this, we have to understand that when you cultivate a small group of people, my daddy always says, dance with the boy who took you to prom. When you are dancing with the followers who you have, they then become your evangelist and grow your audience with other prospective customers. I say go deep with your current followers, people who already said, I like you. We need to become less concerned with the followers we want and more concerned with the followers we have. We need to serve them so well and say, what can my business do to serve you? Because the highest likely customer is somebody who's already bought from you. So imagine we're so concerned about getting the next thing, the next thing. Wait a minute. There is depth and complexity to serve your current audience in ways we cannot see. But if we don't take time to actually talk to them and hear them and listen and engage with them, we will never know the next step. Oh my God. It's so good. So how do we do that? What would be like a couple examples of the kinds of questions you're asking on your Instagram or the kinds of pieces of content that you're posting that go deeper? So let's kind of take a step back because the answer will be depend entirely on who you're targeting. 
because I often say, sometimes I say, who is your dream customer? And somebody say, women. Okay, well, <laughs> that's half the human population. So we got to narrow it down a bit. And right. Somebody will say, okay, it's, it's a rich. woman between 25 and 43. And I'm just like, whoa, still too broad. And here's the main difference. If you're targeting a woman between 25 and 43 and you're a yoga instructor, your messaging that goes after the 25-year-old is more like get in shape for your wedding, how to squeeze in yoga in your nine to five. When you're targeting as a yoga instructor, somebody who's 43, it's how to have a morning workout before the kids are awake. Uh, deep breathing exercises you can use as you wait in the carpool line to pick up your kids. These women are at two entirely different stages in their life yeah. and the way that you communicate to them because there's too many people selling their yoga services. Yeah. There's too many people selling photography. How then do you become differentiated is when you speak to your dream customer in a way that she or he feels known, seen, and heard. That when somebody reads that, says, how did this person get in my head? Mm-hmm. Because we did. Because we thought about you. Because we created content for you. And so people are like, okay, Jasmine, but what do I do now? We then go back into create your dream customer profile. And if you go to jasminestar.com forward slash ideal client, we actually have, it's free. It's a walkthrough video with oh, that's so awesome. exercises because we can have a whole podcast and maybe we will. Maybe that's like a, we can have a whole podcast about going deep with understanding who that is. Because I'm telling you friends, if you do not know who you're targeting to, your business doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. I've seen you go live with people and you'll be like, boo, I love you. But I just looked at your profile. I have no idea what your offer is. Like, what are you selling? What do you do? Who do you do it for? I think people get scared to be specific. They don't want to leave anyone out. Yes. Yeah. What I say is the minute you put a stake in the ground and you say, I serve women who are 43 years old, trying to get back on the yoga train without guilt. And they have three children and they live in the Midwest, and their biggest complaint is that it's too cold to find a yoga studio. When you know that depth and complexity, when you put a stake in the ground, and when you talk to that person, the exact opposite thing that you think happens, you start attracting more people. We have our dream customer who is a member of Social Curator, and guess what? 99% of the people on the inside of Social Curator do not look or sound or feel like that person, but they're attracted to the way that I speak with such specificity to that person that they become attracted. A hundred percent. And when Seth Godin was here, he was talking about how at the core of really successful business is radical empathy. Mm. And really that's what you're saying is like, people want to feel seen. That's what you're saying is like, keep asking yourself, who are you serving? What are their pain points? How can you show up for those people? And I love what you're saying in terms of like, it doesn't have to be that you get a million followers. I think that people, that becomes like such an excuse and like a limiting belief to think, what's the point of even trying? I'm never going to get there. And you're saying, honey girl, you could build a six-figure business with 300 people in your audience. I think what people don't understand is how does that work? It's like, well, you need to know who you're speaking to and then proof of concept, right? Validate that idea, right? I mean, how, how do people get out of their comfort zone, out of their, I'm afraid to share this business with someone. I'm afraid to send the email. I'm afraid. What if it's not ready? What if it's not right? Oh, Kathy, this is actually, this is such a good segue. This is the tertiary. This is the third okay. biggest benefit that we see as a transformation process on the inside of social curator. And we go from initially, they come in like, wow, I have resources. Great. Saving me time. Second thing is they realize that it's more important to be profitable than it is popular. And then the thing that actually defines people who take action and double their business, people who elevate their business, people who become known, seen, and heard in their industry as leaders is when they realized that they defined their why, AKA their purpose. When you know why you are doing something, nobody's opinion, thoughts, doubt, snarky comments, tear down remarks will shake you from that. It's the people who are afraid to say what their purpose is that let all the negativity hit them. And they, because they weren't on a firm foundation of knowing what their purpose was, they get knocked down. And I can tell you that I am not liked. Like people go in and I'm like, you weren't hugged as a child. That's what this is about. Like your unhappiness mm-hmm. and taking the time to leave a mean comment is because you are so dissatisfied and hurt that you're not doing the thing that I am actually doing. So I refuse to let your negativity impact why I've been put on this earth. I have been put on this earth to empower people to believe that impossibilities are actually possibilities in disguise. You want to be a dog walker? You want to sell hair care? You want to create Christmas ornaments and sell them on Etsy? And you think it's an impossibility? 
I believe it's possible. I'll hold space for you, but I'm going to be right behind you kicking your pants and say, if you want it bad enough, you better show up. I'm giving you no excuses not to do that. So get to going. So people say negative things. It should not shake you from your stinking purpose. And when you serve your first person from a place of purpose and why you realize hot dang, it's not about the money. I'm doing this because I'm changing the world. Call me crazy. I believe that in three years, at the end of 2023, my big audacious hairy goal is that I have empowered 10,000 <laughs> business owners to be making more than six figures in their lives and business. I don't know how I'm going to do it quite yet, Kathy, right? So I got to do something. Not I got to shake up my life because my actions will map my aspirations. So if I have this big hairy goal, the question is why? I believe that impossibilities are possibilities in disguise. I believe that I will empower 10,000 business owners to be making over six figures. Why? Because I believe specifically the woman in that home will change her home, which changes her street and a street changes the city and a city changes the county and a county changes the state and a state changes the nation. Imagine 10,000 small business owners who are changing their lives because somebody said, I believe in your one wild and crazy dream. We got this. Now let's go and do it. It is so beautiful. And the words are so powerful. And every single one is coming straight from your heart. And if you guys go back and listen to the first episode when Jasmine was here and you understand how hard her parents worked just to put food on the table and to make sure that she had a kiss on the head and a warm bed to sleep in, you will Mm -hmm. hear where this comes from. Because we stand on the shoulders of giants and your parents modeled Mm -hmm. for you that them doing everything it took to make sure that your brothers and sisters and you had that kind of stability, even though it was not easy, you guys. And they had so much humility and so much grace. And it is why you are speaking this way. And I want people to get that. This is so beautiful. And it's so, so powerful. I think oftentimes, Jasmine, even if we could believe that it's possible because we see it in people like you modeling that, I think deep down there's some shame in like, I don't feel like maybe I'm, I have like a good enough story to add. Or maybe if I'm going to be a dog walker, I'm not a good dog walker. And maybe I'm not as good as my friend who does it. Or maybe if I opened a beauty shop, I don't know if I'm as good. And we, we belittle ourselves. We negate ourselves. We forget that God does not make extras. Can you speak some truth into our soul to help us be reminded that we were put here to do so much more than we tell ourselves that we have the credit to do? You know, to tie, to tie that up a little bit more closely is like, that takes a lot of faith for somebody to believe. What I just come out and say is far before you get to that, you have to realize that success does not go to the richest. Success does not go to the smartest, the center of the room. Success goes to those who simply remain undaunted. The success goes to those who don't have the answers, will be made fun of, and people will talk about them, and yet they rise. Success goes to those who don't have a way and somehow find a way, and they continue to rise. Success goes to those who hear from other people, your idea won't work, and yet you stay in the garage, in the back room, at four o'clock in the morning, making coffee before your children rise up because you believe in something. Mm -hmm. Success does not go to those who are the standouts. Success goes to those who work their way to being a standout. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So I just work and I work and I show up and I practice and I go live when nobody's tuning in and I write blog posts that nobody will read and I take pictures that people will scoff at and I make podcasts that are blurpy and messy and I put out videos on my phone because I continue to rise. I am not the best. I am not the smartest and I'm not the wittiest. I just know I keep on getting up. And that is a message that people can get behind. That is so beautiful. And that's what Malcolm Gladwell talks about in Outliers is that all these people, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and the Beatles and Michael Jordan, it's not just right place, right time. It's like right place, right time, except there's a big piece that people forget, which is that these folks were doing all their things so that when the right place and right time came, they were showing up. They were available to be picked out of line because they were the ones saying, I've been doing the work. Oh my gosh. I love that you just broke that down. Mm. But I do think that we have such, we're so critical of ourselves and our feelings of inadequacy make us feel so small that we won't dare to post something on Instagram unless we know without a shadow of a doubt, it's already going to be well-received. 
So what do you tell them? Here's the thing. People often think that people are going to have an opinion of you when you show up and when you post. I'm here to tell you that people are going to have an opinion about you either way. Uh, you post or if you don't post, they still have an opinion about you. You decide to do your business. You don't decide to do your business. They still have an opinion about you. People will have an opinion about you either way. If you're going to let somebody else's opinion of you stop you from doing the thing you wanted to do, you didn't want it bad enough. That's just facts. Because somebody's going to have an opinion about you for chasing your dream. And somebody's going to have an opinion of you, of you saying you didn't chase your dream. You get to decide. People will have opinions about you all day, every day. And guess what? People's opinions of me don't pay my bills. I'm going to put myself out again and again and again. Because do I, I, I want people to like me. I don't care if they do. I am here to stand mm. in my purpose and I am here to speak my truth and I will continue to do that and understand that along the way, there's going to be a small group of people who see the world the way that I do and I will serve them well. That is so beautiful and so liberating. It's like, you guys, there's already people who talk about you and don't like you. So it's like freeing. You're free. This is incredible. But before we wrap up, we got to talk about your podcast. Why did you start a podcast and what is the essential thing you're trying to teach with this show. You know what, Kathy? I'm so glad we went here, not because to talk about the podcast, because this was actually the piece of resistance. This was the thing in my business that I have been wanting to do for two years and I didn't let myself do it. Why? Strategy. I am nothing but strategic. And I'm just like, but what is the end goal? Where are we going with this? How is it produced? It's like, I had to be like, I had to justify why are we going to be taking time to do this thing? And I kept on telling myself all these stories. And it wasn't until somebody said, can you just not let yourself let this be a project? Like, could you just be creative? And I was longing for creativity without barriers and longing to let myself just create. And the podcast came at a great time. And I just said, let's just have conversations. Let's go out. Let's meet people where they are. And so we decided to show up where we were, start having conversations, producing content and talking to people where they were. And it's been so liberating. So the fact liberating. that you haven't had a podcast is beyond me because the very first time you were on, I'm like, this woman was put in this world to speak. Like it's so visceral when you talk. I, I'm always amazed at how generous you are and how available you are. So I'm so glad you have a show. And how many months has it been? Three? Three. Four? Three months? <laughs> Three yeah. Months. Uh, but you're already hundreds of thousands of downloads in and you have so many great guests already on your show. Um, you included. You included. Ah, that's so sweet. I felt so blessed to, to be a part of that. Just let them know before I, I tell them to go check it out. Is it business strategy? Is it both? Is it life? Is it career? What's the gist of what you guys are talking about over there? Well, this was a creative project and I reserve the right to change this at some point in the future, but we decided to put things out. It's like when we spoke to the community, there was all of these really great conversations happening with big minds and big souls. And a lot of people were just craving like tactical granular business advice for mm -hmm. people actually in the trenches. So we do a lot of business coaching. So I record sessions from the inside of social media. That is so good. Well, thank you. <laughs> so it's a mix. Actually, we'd like to keep people on their toes. I will do what I call solo episodes. Like I'll riff on something that's yes. going on in my mind and in, in my it. heart at the time. And then we bring on like business coaching sessions. We bring on great conversations with guests just like yourself. We do like a mix. We're really trying to find a cadence because I want to serve people well and I want to create. And so we're in the process of that. And it's the sticky, ugly middle. And I'm happy it. that people get to join that, that process. I love it so much. Okay. So you guys know that you can go find Jasmine's podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's just, it's called the Jasmine Star Show. And you're about to do a free masterclass for the new year, correct? Yeah. It's actually, the timing of this has been pretty incredible because we are going to have an extension of the conversation we had today. And I talk about the three pillars of growth. Like our big ambition is to double your business in 2020. And we do that in three ways. And the first pillar of growth is knowing your customer. We actually dove deep already in that concept right now. So it's super in my heart. It's super in my soul. It's a cool. live class. Like we're going in and I'm doing live Q&A. We're drilling down. We're talking business um, analytics and understanding what does it take for you to double your business in 2020. So Amazing. What day is that happening? It's happening on January 14th. And you awesome. can save a free seat at jasminestar.com forward slash 2020. Awesome. And we will put that in the show notes. Tell us other than that, where we can find you. We make it easy. Jasminestar.com and Jasminestar on all social media. Amazing. I just can't say thank you enough for having the courage to be you, to go through all of the things that you have allowed yourself to try and to do to show up so that you could then take all of that and share that with other people. And I have no doubt you're going to help 
tens of thousands of people. And I have no doubt that there's going to be a little person coming your way very mm. soon. I cannot wait to hear how that story just continues to unfold. Thank you for showing up today. Thank you, Kathy. I can't wait to celebrate that champagne moment with you. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. What a gift. What a way to kick off 2020, right? Jasmine is amazing. Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, be willing to stand alone. Be willing to do it differently. Get yourself to dream and be unattached to the outcome. Number two, commit to your champagne moments. Prioritize which ones you want most. Number three, write a letter from the version of you at the end of 2020. What will you celebrate this year? Number four, map your actions to your aspirations. Number five, dance with your current customers. Speak to them in a way that makes them think you're in their head. Number six, when you know your purpose, your why for what you are doing, then no one's thoughts or opinions will shake you from that. Number seven, success goes to those who remain undaunted, who don't have the answers, who are told no and continue to rise because they believe in something. Okay, let's share your wins. So Trisha posted in our Facebook group and she said, I have a vision. I have a dream. I sold my baking at a local farmer's market this summer to see if there was a demand for real homemade delicious baked goods. And there is. I'm almost ready to take the plunge with my very own brick and mortar location. I have an appointment Friday to see the property and another Thursday to see about financing. I'm so excited. I can hardly stop smiling. Please send positive vibes my way as well as any advice you may have for getting my cafe dream off the ground. Trisha, that's so cool. We're definitely sending you all the good, yummy, positive vibes. I'm just so proud that you're going to take those amazing steps towards that dream and look at how it's actually becoming a reality. Just the fact that you're at a point where you're ready to open your own brick and mortar is really incredible. You guys can go give Trisha some love. Her Facebook page is Trisha's Baked Goods. Okay, here's the next one from Toby. She said, feeling all the feels today. It's my last day at my day job. I'm excited and nervous all rolled into one. I knew in my heart at the start of 2019, this would be my year, but boy, this year has taken me on such a huge detour. In March, I told my boss, this would be my last year with my company after 14 years. So what do they do? They offer me the promotion they've been dangling in front of me for the past eight years. Really? At first I was pissed, like why now? But my husband and I talked about it and he said, why not give it a try? You can still leave at the end of the year. So I accepted, even though my gut was telling me it was a mistake mistake. It was a position that was meant to tap into more of my creative expertise, but in reality, there was nothing creative about it at all. Then in July, my husband was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Our plans and our lives changed literally overnight. It would have been so easy to let the fear of what the future held keep me down, but guess what? I said F it, and on November 1st, I gave my two months notice, and here we are. The past months have been such a roller coaster of emotions, but the biggest lesson I've learned is that nothing is promised, not tomorrow, not next week, or next year. I could have stayed at my soul-crushing day job for another year or so. I could have saved more money until I felt ready, but who knows if that day would ever come. So I'm doing the thing now. I'm doing it scared. Feel the fear, but do it anyway. Taking the big leap. Thank you for the Don't Keep Your Day Job community for all the amazing things you put in the world. Not sure I would have mustered up the courage without the juicy podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Cheers to such a kick-ass 2020. Oh my gosh, Toby, you're such an inspiration. I am sending so much healing and blessing to you and your husband. That is terrifying. And you are so brave, especially to leave a really comfy job that you've had for over 14 years. But, you know, at some point we do have to set ourselves up for new beginnings and new growth, because like you said, we don't know what's promised. And that was such a brave and honest truth. If we're not stepping out of our comfort zone and we're not doing what we really want to be doing with the time we have, what's the point? I'd love to know what 2020 brings in your path. So please keep us posted. If you guys want to set yourself up for an awesome 2020, you can join me for my five-day challenge. It's going to be January 13th through the 17th. It's free. I'll be going live every day for five days at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be so helpful. We're going to dive into what is your life's work and how can you make a living doing what it is that you love. If you have a win for us to share, you can post it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. We have so many fun episodes planned this year. So if you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if something in this episode or any episode has impacted you in some way, Maybe it opened your eyes to new possibilities, or maybe it's changing the beliefs you have. Then tell someone else about it because it can start a ripple effect that you might not even fathom. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday. And
shines These are the best days of our lives We're swimming through a sea of twinkly lights These are the best days 